0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Fable & Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey.
1: everybody and welcome to the crit show. This is an actual play podcast where we play Monster of the Week and other powered by the Apocalypse games, but this week we are here with a different purpose. We're here to demonstrate for you Dekuma by Golden Lasso Games, the R&D for your RPG. Uh, Around the table, I'm Rev. I'm the host and GM of The Crit Show. Next to me, we have... I'm Tass. I am Jake. And we are joined today by Kimmy Hughes, who is the creator of Dekuma. Thanks so much for joining us today.
2: My pleasure. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited to play this game with you guys.
1: So, the R&D for your RPG, can you explain to us what Dekuma is?
2: Yeah, Dekuma is a generic tool that you can use universally with any tabletop RPG, and Basically, it's a tarot-based card game that you play as a session zero. So it sets up character connections between your PCs, it builds up a location with a with actual buildings and a culture of its own. And then it can also be used to create your group dynamics in the world, what your group's reputation is, what a little bit of what you've done, what people think of you. Um, and it does all this in about 60 to 90 minutes. And it just really is a fantastic tool that can be used uh, to increase buy-in and save the GM a ton of time.
1: So when we were prepping for this, I, I looked at the table and I said, I feel unprepared. There's something that I've forgotten to do, but that's kind of the whole point. So can you lead us through this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've dealt out the cards. And the way this works is the first thing we need to do is agree on what we're building. A lot of times a GM will come to the table already with an idea or, you know, hey, we're doing this adventure path. It's in Waterdeep, all these different things. Uh, we aren't actually going to be playing the full campaign. Sorry to disappoint. No. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to go ahead and agree on a kind of what our location is. Um, our setting, and the tone of our game. It also helps a little bit if you're like, I think we'd be doing this in a PBTA system or something like that, just so we're all kind of coming at it from a similar um, mechanics point of view. Although, honestly, that doesn't really matter for Decama because it's made as a tool that you can use with any RPG. So why don't we go ahead and um, decide right now, what is our setting going to be? Are we going to be space travel? Are we going to be fantasy? Do we want it to be a Wild West town? What do you want to do?
1: I want to do Wild West. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I am 100% down with Wild West.
2: Nice. Okay, very good. Um, So our location. So the location that Decima can build can be anything. I've done things like a haunted house, like something that small and and unique where people were just building out the individual rooms and traps and spooky stuff around the house. Um, I've also done things as large as continents. So for Wild West, my suggestion would be a town because that seems obvious but but are you all okay with that yeah uh, fantastic all right so we're gonna be in the wild west we'll be creating our town um you will need to start thinking about what you want our, our town name to be um and then we need to agree on kind of a tone for this game when you're doing collaborative things and all of you have played tons of Powered by the Apocalypse. This, uh, Decima is very inspired by Powered by the Apocalypse character creation. So, like, what tone would we like to go for with our game? Do we want it to be silly and slapstick? Do we want it to be more dramatic? Do we want it to be most campaigns end up somewhere in the middle generally, no matter what you pick?
1: Let's start out dramatic. Yeah. I, that's how we always try to start out. <laughs> let's, let's do it this time. Okay.
2: <laughs> 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 Alright. Um, so, it always helps if you've got some sort of a pop culture touchstone for that when you say dramatic so thinking like wild west are we talking like tombstone
3: or like magnificent Seven?
2: Oh, okay is everyone in agreement with that yeah absolutely
3: i feel like i feel like magnificent seven is a little bit a little bit lighter a shade lighter than tombstone yeah
2: nice um that's generally just a great way to make sure everybody's on the exact same page um and that's just something i just tend to do as a gm so that everybody knows what's up all right, um, so now we have our location, our setting, our tone. Um, we also have an X card in play. It's always important, no matter what game you're playing, during your session zero to talk over safety tools. Um, in Decima, the X card is actually uh, mechanized, though. So uh, the X card's on the table. You can use it if you draw a card and you just don't like the question. Or a lot of times while we're collaborating, we'll answer more than a question says, so then later on, you might draw a card and you're like, oh, you know what? This is a great question, but I think we've already answered that with that card before. Um, so the X card, tap it. Um, you can say it out loud since we're an audio podcast that's helpful. <laughs> um, and you can just discard the card and I'll give you a new one. Okay, And I can just read it out to you. Um, and you'll get just get a new one of the same exact type, which I'll talk about the types in just a minute. Also, since we're collaborating, you always want to make sure that everyone is comfortable with what we're creating together. So the X card also has its more traditional purpose of you tap it and we change direction of whatever we're creating together. And that can be anything from, oh, we're creating an NPC and and her name's Sally, and my mom's name is Sally. And that's just kind of weird, um, especially in a Wild West town. Like, I don't want the saloon lady to be named after my mom, please. Um, <laughs> or it can be something that is actually something that you're legitimately uncomfortable with. We never question why you ask. And so if, if you all know about the X card already, I think it's always important, even if everybody knows, to go over it again. All right. Any questions so far?
1: Um, I don't think so. So in front of us right now, we have... Five stacks of cards laid out. There's red, blue, red, blue, and purple. So, what do these mean?
2: So, these are the different types of things that these cards are going to create. I've split a tarot deck into three different sections. The red cards with the suns on them are the ones that create character connections. Then we have the star cards, which are blue, and those are the ones that help create the location. And then the purple cards are the major arcana cards, and those are the ones that will create your group dynamics in the world. So as we go through, as we flip over different types of cards, you'll get different types of questions. Now, generally, if we were playing a real campaign, you'd come to the table with at least an idea of what your characters were. You can come to the table with a fully done character sheet with stats and skills and everything else if you want, but that's not necessary. Um, so why don't we go around and you can come up with your character concepts for a Wild West town.
1: All right. So I am going to be... Harold. Uh, and Harold is part of the town. He, he just moved here in the last couple of years, and he's trying to facilitate a new portion of railroad coming through. Uh, so he's kind of a, uh, a landowner. He's been trying to buy up patches of land outside of town so that he can get a bunch of connected pieces so that he can sell it to the train company uh, so that they can get a train through here.
2: Awesome. Yeah, and that's really all you need to start decima Just a basic character concept and a little bit of backstory information. Uh, Tass, why don't you go next? Sorry, I'm a fourth grade teacher and you looked like you weren't paying attention, so I called on you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
4: I think I am going to be... Um, mule winslow and mule is the blacksmith Uh, he's kind of a a centralized business owner in town that majority works on stuff like horseshoes and um, you know anything that's any of the metal parts needed for like wagons and just anything that can keep the town moving and going all of the basic stuff that people need but he's also kind of known as the guy that since he's he's just a hardened dude he's just a, a hard worker if people are getting rough he'll be the one that heads into a saloon at night and just makes sure everybody doesn't get too rowdy and stuff like that. He just likes everybody to have a good time and um yeah, he wants to wants to help everybody out however he can.
2: Nice. And how long has he been in our town? I think he's lived
4: here a long time. I think he's been here probably at least a decade.
3: And Jake? I am Catherine Claymeyer. Uh, Catherine wants to bring law to places where there is no law. So she is sort of an independent... Kind of like she wants to go in and set up as sheriff uh, and get things under control and then move on to the next place. She has not been here long trying to bring law to a lawless town before she moves on to the next one.
2: Fantastic. Part of Decimus' function is to create a, a map of our location. So for that, that's our town. So if you will draw on our map, just kind of a big road going through the middle of town, that's kind of a traditional part of any Wild West adventure, I think. And then as we go, when we flip over our location cards, we'll add things to the map. Now the most important thing when you add things to the map is generally labeling it, because if you draw like me, you won't know what it's supposed to be later.
4: <laughs>
2: so it's always a good idea to kind of just put little notes next to whatever you're quote unquote drawing, which for me is basically a square with a th- label on it. And then it helps us too when we get to our campaign. Um often I'll like try and have somebody draw it a little bit better than I did. Um and that way we kind of know how our town is laid out. We know where your blacksmith shop is in regards to the sheriff and things like that. So it just kind of helps um, if you really want to, if you're playing D&D or something, you can also use it and do actually draw it on a battle map, like measure it out with the squares or hexes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our, our purposes, we'll pretend we're playing PBTA, so we don't need that. Cool. Fantastic. Those sound like great characters. Um, all right. So we're going to start with flipping over the red card, which is character connection. So we're going to do that one at a time. So does anybody feel inspired to go first?
3: Uh, I can go first.
2: Okay, great. Thanks, Jake.
3: All right. My card is the King of Cups. Does it have that question mark in it? Nope.
2: <laughs> okay. So on the card, you can see there's there's questions on both ends of the card. One question is facing you. It's not upside down. That's the question that you will answer. You can ask for help in collaboration with it. But if it's a card that you flipped over, you're kind of like moderator, facilitator for that question. And you don't have to read out exactly what the card is as far as the tarot. The questions are linked to the meaning of the tarot, but that's just sort of an Easter egg. Um, you can compl- you can play Decima and not know anything about tarot, and it works perfectly.
3: Okay, that's good. That's important, because I don't know anything about tarot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. So on the red cards, there's generally a blank there, and that blank is meant to be filled in with the name of another player character.
3: Okay, so my first card is... Blank gave you good advice at a crucial moment. What happened? Um, I think that Mule, uh, when I rolled into town and started trying to lay down the law, that Mule told me how to deal with the people in this town. That I was coming at them from the wrong approach. Uh, and Mule was like, hey, slow your roll. They're not going to take well to this. This is how you need to talk to these people.
2: Nice. Yeah,
4: I like that. All right, next, why don't we grab Tasco? Uh, mine says, you know that blank will protect our group no matter the cost. I- think that falls to Catherine I think that's the whole point that she's here is to show us how to do that to be this protector and and at least give us the tools to be able to do it for ourselves as well
2: awesome and when it refers to our group on the cards there's two there's different phrasings our group means basically the party okay our location means like the town and the people in the town
4: nice okay very cool
1: Uh, and then mine is you had a strong connection with blank but it seems to be fading what has changed Uh, I think it's mule I I think that I have had a strong connection with Mule, but it started to fade when I bought a piece of land after someone had passed away that he thought he was going to get so that he could have a little more space. And I think in that land acquisition, he put together why I'm buying these specific pieces of land. And I, he doesn't know how he feels maybe about having a train come by the town this close.
2: Okay, you're nodding, so I'm assuming you're okay with that, Tess?
4: Yeah, I, I, think, I think he doesn't love it, but it's not... You know, that's not going to be a thing he's going to fight against. He's not going to like ruin the friendships, but it messes up the peaceful little situation that he thinks he has. Um, so he's just he's not a fan of it.
1: Yeah. Like it makes just a little bump between them because like it, it might be inevitable, but because I'm facilitating it, even though you don't necessarily hate it, I'm making it just a little faster. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Nice. Very good. Um And I love, it's obviously you've all played together a lot before because I'm seeing lots of nodding. And that's something that's really important when you're playing Decima is that consent piece. When you're making these connections, making sure that everyone's okay with what's being created. So great job. Um, I just want to make sure that everyone listening at home or in their car, wherever they are, knows that that's happening. That's not something where you can just create something and it like inflicted on someone else's yeah. player agency.
1: Obviously for people listening, as we are kind of answering these questions, you can't see it, but we're making eye contact with each other and kind of giving the, do you agree with the words that are falling out of my mouth? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're usually getting a nod back or else we, we kind of roll it back. So, or a big
2: grin, which yeah. generally is a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. So that's our first round. So at the end of each round, I actually have a hand and my hand is all purple cards. It's all group dynamics as the GM. So I have a card and I'm going to flip it over and I'll read it to you. These are the group questions and these we answer collaboratively as a group. So if you have an idea, you can be like, toss it out there and we'll all kind of bounce off it and add to it and play with it. What is one line that no one in the group will cross?
3: Um... I don't know. Uh, I mean, Catherine is a pretty lawful, literally a lawful person. So there are a lot of lines Catherine won't cross, I think. I don't know. What about you?
1: Like the thing that Harold wouldn't do is even though he's buying up land and kind of doing these things that he would never actively betray someone in the town because he wants to stay here once the train is established. He would never take an illegal action against someone in the group.
3: I mean, would he put out like if uh, the townsfolk found out and were openly against his plan as a whole, would he go on
1: with it? He would try to convince them like they have not had, quote unquote, a town hall about it. But if it came up, I think that he would come in and, and pitch all of the reasons why it's it's good and why it's okay.
3: So probably, I mean, I think then a line would be that none of us would ever like force someone out for our own gain. Does that seem fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like you wouldn't go like surreptitiously burn someone's house down because they didn't <laughs> agree to the deal. Correct.
1: Or like they've got a key piece of land that I need. It would yeah. be more like, oh, would you? I'll trade you all of this land for this piece. Or Yeah.
2: Great. So everyone in the group really feels that the community is important and doesn't want to drive anyone out with their actions. Yeah. Yeah. That is the end of our first round. So now we're going to be flipping over the blue cards, the location cards. So these will be things that they might add culture to our town. It might be pop culture things from the Wild West. Um, it might be actual. <laughs> it might be actual buildings that we're putting on there. It might be NPCs that we're creating for the town. So there's lots of options for these cards. Um, the most important thing is, as we're creating them, add something to the map to represent them. If it's an NPC, it can be like a place they live or where they work. Um, if it's something cultural, maybe it's a sign that has a a word on it or something like that too. So, um, let's go ahead and go the other way again this time. So, Rev, why don't you go first this
1: time? All right. So, I have flipped this card over. I have one question to ask because you said that it doesn't matter if you know Terra, but I know we... We'll have a lot of listeners who will be familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I know a common misconception that, oh, an upside down card is bad. Is there something specific about what questions are when the card is right side up versus what is upside down? Because both my cards so far have been upside down.
2: Yes. Just like when you're doing a tarot reading, the questions and the meaning of the card changes, whether it's inverted or not. It's not always necessarily bad. Um, but a lot of times you'll see that the questions on the card are linked, but maybe opposite in some way, um, or might just have subtle differences.
3: Like right side up might say like, this person did something nice for me. What was it? And then upside down might say, this person did something mean to me. What was it?
2: Exactly. One of my favorite cards, I don't know if someone has it, but um, one side of the card says our group talked our way out of a situation. The inverse of the card is our group fought our way out of a situation. Oh, <laughs> oh
3: okay. <laughs>
2: so there's lots of great little things like that. And honestly, I love that because it kind of guided my question creation, but it also just makes an infinite Larger number of possible things you can create with Decimo without ever having repeat.
1: All right. So my blue card question is, our location has been banned from a prestigious event. What is it and why were we banned? So in the sense of the Wild West, things that might be happening here, traveling, I think the circus doesn't come here anymore. Like, that's the only real thing I can think of that would travel around at this time. Unless, of course, it was maybe a really prestigious, like, like Maverick, like a poker tournament. Does anyone have a, a lean either direction here? I could I could go real easy either of those directions.
3: <laughs> I mean, I just like the idea that that somehow we ran the circus out of town. <laughs>
1: And I think that the reason is, is because we were so far away from a place where they could get on the rails um, that some other animals got sick because they couldn't get the proper like greens and stuff to some of the more exotic animals. Mm-hmm. I think like the mayor was like, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll get that stuff here for, you know, your zebras and your elephants. No problem. And then we weren't able to. And so they kind of blacklisted us and won't come through here until we can like prove that we have some way to to make good for the animals. Yeah. All right.
2: Nice. Tass, will you flip over one of your cards or your blue card?
4: Uh, yes. Mine says a powerful group supports our location. Who is it? And how do they support us? I think, I think this town survives a little bit because of a, uh, a small local mining company. Um, I don't think there's anything like precious ore here. There's no gold and silver, um, but they found uh, a good vein of like iron ore and stuff like that that they could tap. So it's yeah, it's like this company that keeps us afloat as best it can, uh, gives people some honest work, and actually gets something useful out of
2: it. What's the name of that company?
4: I am historically very bad with names. I I like world building, and then I will stop and take as much time naming everything as I had doing everything
2: else. Spoiler, me too. That's why I created a game that makes my players do it for me. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) You can think about it and we can come back to it.
1: Like when these things build, are we supposed to kind of stay in the vein of that card? Or if that sparks something that goes back to something else we've talked about, can you kind of bounce around to, to keep fleshing the world out? Or are you supposed to try to keep kind of in the order of the cards?
2: No way. Flesh it out, bounce around, add to it. If you can tie it the stuff we've already done, even better.
1: So I think that the mining company is the other group that is trying to get rail lines together because they want it specifically for themselves to just transport ore in and out and they're going to cut through a lot of more important stuff whereas the plan that I'm coming up with is to actually get like people and passengers in and so that's Uh... kind of the competition of this is this ore company is going to get this land if if I can't figure out how to do it kind of surreptitiously and they're going to kind of junk it the way that they have done to other towns where they clean out the ore they leave and then no one ever comes back because they still own those rail lines and don't lend them out to anybody.
2: Okay. I okay. like that. So did you come up with a name for this mining company?
1: Who is the
3: name of Harold's rival at the mining company?
1: Uh, that would be uh, Landon Shankmeyer. So I think it's the Shankmeyer Mining Company. I love mm-hmm.
2: it. Very good. So will you add something to the map for the Shankmeyer Mining Company? Um, and also something that represents where the circus maybe used to go, but doesn't go now. If there's a big empty meadow or field nearby where they used to put up their tents. I
3: think just way on the outskirts here is like circus town. Yeah. Yeah. You think the mining companies like got a headquarters right in the middle of town or you think they also kind of stick to the outskirts where they mine?
1: I think they probably have both.
3: So just give them like a, a centralized building.
1: Yeah, like they've got the person in the the nice outfit who's talking to everyone in town, but then they also have the actual little station by the, the mine.
2: You can always, too, if it's not, if their mine isn't actually in town, one of the things I do a lot is, like, add a little, like, those little arrow signs to mine this way. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, and let's make sure on the map, too, that we have the blacksmith shop and the sheriff shop, too, if we haven't already added those. And uh, Harold's probably has an office. Yeah. So each of you can kind of add those where you'd like them on the map if you haven't already. And Jake, I think you're the last one who needs to flip over a location card.
3: Yes. Something is censored in our location. What is censored and why? What kind of entertainment existed in the Wild West that would be censored?
1: What's something you would have outlawed when you came to
3: town?
2: Oh, good question.
3: I don't know. So I think that Catherine is mainly about like making sure nobody gets hurt or killed or stepped on. And so gambling has a lot of capacity to
1: go wrong and cause
3: that kind of strife.
1: Um, I don't know. Does this count as... But is it dueling that like that is, you know, something that socially was allowed. You could go out and as long as you both agreed, but that in this town, you don't. It doesn't matter if both parties agree. It is not done in town.
2: That whole no guns in town thing.
1: Yeah, I I think it's
3: I think it is not so broad as to be no guns in town, but it is that you never draw on another person from town. Like we are a community. We are here to support each other and take care of each other. Bad things might roll in from out of town and people need to be able to take care of themselves. But when you're dealing with someone that you know, when you're dealing with your neighbor, you settle it with words or you you go to someone who can settle it for you.
2: Nice. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Very good. So that is the end of our location round. So now I flipped over another group card. Um, so this one will answer collaboratively. Not that we haven't been answering all the questions collaboratively, but great, <laughs> <laughs> great job. Um Our group revealed a major truth about someone powerful. Who was it and what did we reveal?
1: Is it Shankmeyer that he is planning to build the railway here and we know that he's done this in other cities and kind of like the monorail on the Simpsons that it's made it so that the town doesn't have good function after they're gone. They just kind of strip it and pull out.
3: Yeah, I like that. We've just we've realized that Shankmeyer is a is a love him and leave him kind of railroad man. So a, a mining man. So he's here to get what he needs and then take
1: off. Yeah, but that he's got a really good, like, face. He's got a very good persona and nobody really buys it.
2: Got perfect. Sorry, I'm diligently taking notes even though we're not going to actually run this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. All right. So we've there's... <laughs> so Shankmeyer's kind of a con man. We know that he wants to have the railroad and put it in there and not really worry about the aftermath to the town. Did I get all of that in there? Yeah. yeah.
3: I, I can't not picture the monopoly man for (laughs) (laughs) shankmire
2: right uh so we're gonna go back and we're gonna do another round of our character connection cards so these will be the red ones again um so Taz, why don't we have you go first this time
4: oh okay uh i have you're always competing with blank and trying to one-up each other oh god Um, I don't know in what capacity, but I think it's Harold on this one. I think that's kind of where their friendship came from is like, there's this competition, but it's not, you know, it's not in a negative capacity. It's like the thing that they found that they like to do. Like, I don't, I don't know what
3: that might be. Like you guys go target shooting every now and then. Yeah. Just just miscellaneous
1: things. Even like Sunday horseshoe competitions at the oh church.
4: Oh my God. Yes. Nice. Because I'm like, I make horseshoes, you know, I'm <laughs> yes. good at this, but then you come in and like do three bullseyes in a row and I'm like, well, now hold on. <laughs> and I've like
1: accused you of a waiting horseshoes.
2: <laughs> awesome.
4: That's, that's it for sure. And I'm sure it's gotten aggressive a few times.
2: <laughs> Very good. I like that. Harold and Mule and their competitive horseshoeing. Great. All right. Um why don't we have uh Jake, why don't you do a, your next card?
3: Blank wants you to try something new, but you aren't interested. What is it and why avoid it? Boy, uh Harold and Mule want me to get into horseshoes and <laughs> <laughs> I I think okay, I think that they want me to get into uh like the church community. Um like, you know, the horseshoes is part of it, but like you're talking about on Sundays, you guys. There's there's like a church tailgate almost. Yeah. Um, where some of the, the townsfolk get together and I'm I'm not about it. Um, because I am generally of the opinion that like mankind should make their own rules for themselves and so i'm just not a religious person you know like i'm i'm here to regulate and i don't think i'm like taking the place of god but i think it is the responsibility of people to take care of
1: themselves and so you like and so you think like showing up at that event would be some kind of silence
3: just some kind of implicit okaying yeah like i don't i don't want to give the impression that that i'm on that page
2: nice does that cause you any problem in the town, Catherine?
3: Yeah, I think it does. Um, I mean, I think there are a number of people who that's that's the thing that keeps them honest. Um, and so they don't understand how I could be honest, let alone uh, a sheriff if I don't
1: answer to somebody.
4: I have drawn in the church.
1: Perfect.
2: Rev, you have our last of these character connection cards.
1: You tried to impress Blank and succeeded. What did you do to impress them? I think I tried to impress Catherine, and it was by breaking up a fight just using words. I nice. think that would absolutely be impressive.
3: Absolutely.
2: Where was this fight?
1: I think it was at the tavern. That it was on a Saturday night. There had been kind of a like a harvest festival, and people were getting a little rowdy with their cider. And words started to get heated. And Catherine came in, and Harold was already there. In the middle, talking to the two people and just kind of even talking around them, getting turned in opposite directions and sitting them down, you know, not necessarily talking them down from the fight, but just that kind of chatter that distracts people from what they were doing a moment ago. Just
3: bamboozling them out of fighting.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Nice. Very
4: good. I have drawn in the tavern on the opposite side of town from the church. Nice. I feel like
3: we should be calling it a saloon. I was going to say. That's fair. That's
4: fair. (laughs) I have crossed out tavern and written saloon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Oh, here we go. We got the card I spoke of earlier. Um, So we've done uh, another round. So I have another group question. Our group talked our way out of a serious situation. What was it and what happened?
3: Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, a good kind of tropey one is bandits like bandits came to town we seemed like an easy target and we we talked him into turning around and leaving instead of getting bloody nice
1: does that seem square to you i think so i think with i I imagine Catherine is being someone who's very quick on the draw and mule is obviously kind of dense and that knotted muscle and then if harold is is a fast talker the three of them together standing in the middle of town facing down this group of writers and kind of each doing the thing they're very good at would be enough to give them pause
3: yeah like a a mix of intimidation and genuinely good points
2: okay nice how long ago did that happen
3: a month and a half ago okay
2: And what's the name of this bandit group?
4: Uh, I think they call themselves the Golden Boys. Okay. uh, Because they all... Nice. They like to steal fancy stuff, and so they all wear a little bit of gold in one way or another to show off that they're part of that gang.
2: I like that. That's a great name. Um, So I believe we all have blue cards left, so the location cards. Uh, Jake, do you want to go first with the location cards?
3: Sure. Our location has a major benefit or advantage over other locations like it. What is that benefit? Uh, We're near a... A source of fresh water um there is a river that runs relatively close to the town and somehow doesn't get like sediment washed into it in a bad rain um like it is positioned appropriately that it doesn't just get polluted by weather so we have a consistently clean water source
1: and it's like just small enough that boats don't travel it
3: oh yeah no definitely definitely not navigable except in like a canoe or something
2: okay Fantastic.
4: It's uh, nearest the church so that they can do baptisms out there.
1: Oh, yeah. Very nice. Okay.
2: Thank you for adding that to the map. Well done. Rev. why don't you do your next location card?
1: Where in our location do you go to let off steam and act out? I think it is the old location where the circus used to set up, that it's a big dead area. Grass doesn't really grow there anymore. Um, no one has taken care of it. And that's where people go out to scream and, you know, break bottles and drink a little more than they should. If you hear sound coming from that side of town, you know someone's had a rough week. All right. And So that's a place where, like, you can go out and just kind of cut loose you usually go alone and people leave you be for a minute and then you can come back into town and be part of proper society again and
3: i think Catherine just knows that if she hears ruckus from that direction ignore it unless it gets real bad it's understood that that is just kind of a a get out of jail free zone
2: that's awesome perfect thanks maybe draw some broken bottles or something in the middle of the circus area what happens in the circus area stays in the circus area
1: (laughs) That's actually the name of our uh, Powered by the Apocalypse clown game we're working on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) It's a hack for everything, man.
4: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Some people in our location are superstitious. What do you believe brings them good luck? Oh, this is going to be a little self-serving, but I'm going to go for it. I think horseshoes. All right. Uh, I think that a kind of an established thing here in town is when you come in and you either set up shop or you move in and you have, you know, you set up your own house, et cetera. Um, it's like customary to come down to the blacksmith and learn how to make your own horseshoe. And then you nail the horseshoe that you made with your own hands above your door. And that'll bring you good luck in the town.
2: Love it. All right. Uh, that's the end of our location round. So I'm going to do another group card. How did our group first meet, and what went wrong? Oh, hey, what
4: about what about a little bit of a retcon here, time wise? Okay. Well, that kind of well, this kind of part of already an answer that's already been used though.
2: Might be Um, okay. Throw it out
4: there. Just what I had in my head is that sure, like I I don't know. It feels like Mule has been here the longest, maybe. Mm -hmm. But no matter who came next, you know, they met. They're aware of each other, but hadn't really had much in the way of encounters and then it was not long after whoever the the third person was to come in that the bandits came Mm -hmm. and it happened to be these three that came out onto the road and were the ones to you know kind of be the first responders and have this experience together Mm -hmm. so the kind of the thing going wrong was dealing with the golden boys and then being like hey y'all are cool like we can do you know we can we mesh well i like
3: that yeah i mean so if we just say that the bandit attack was like 10 months ago or something instead of, you know, it's it's a while. Because I I think I was relatively new in town sure. when that happened. And that was kind of one of my first major opportunities to go like, hey, you get why I'm here now? Like, yeah. I'm trying to help.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Everyone's okay with that?
3: Yeah. And all of our buildings are pretty close together. So if they came riding in from the south side, then oh, yeah, we would have, been have right just there. been the first three to get out on the road. Perfect.
2: I love it. Um, so what went wrong with that?
3: What if we talked them out of this attack, but we did not make friends out of oh, them. Oh, like we made an enemy? Ooh. Yeah, like we got them to not do this one, but there is the threat of they might come back with more or something. Mm. Like, yeah, we convinced them this was a bad idea because... Everybody in this town knows how to shoot and it's not worth your lives and all this. And so they left. But what they took from it was
1: come back with an army. Yeah. Like the thing that went wrong is that they took it as a challenge. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
2: Nice. As the GM, I appreciate that great gift you just gave me. (laughs) (laughs) So this last round, everybody has purple cards, which are the group cards. So you kind of get to be the facilitator leader, but we do want to come up with these answers collaboratively as well. So this is kind of how we finish out a game of Decima. So who would like to do their purple card first?
1: Everyone point to the character in the group they trust the least. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right. So for this one, uh, I as a GM will count to three. It, It works best if you close your eyes or cover your eyes so you don't get to see. All right, so think about it. This is my just add. You you can do the card however you want, but I love counting to three and making everybody do it with their eyes closed. (laughs) All right, ready? One, two, three. Oh! (laughs) All right, open your eyes. It's fantastic.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You pointed to himself.
1: (laughs) 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 Let me tell you why (laughs) the thing that I realized as we were going through this and we're talking about like what everybody's skill set is and like how now I am into this buying land and getting the railroad. I think I'm doing that with the money from the life I had before this. And I think I was a snake oil salesman. Like I know that given the right chance, oh, I could lie about something to protect myself and I'm trying not to do it anymore. I'm trying to do this new life. But that part of me, that that shyster, that huckster is still in the back of my brain trying to get me to take risks and dares every now and then.
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. And just to to clarify, everybody pointed at Harold. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Very nice. All right. That was great. Um, All right. Next purple card. Who wants to go next?
4: Uh, how about if someone was going to describe our group, what would they say is our greatest strength or virtue? Uh, I think we've talked about this a little bit. I guess the beginning of what I have in my head is that thought that people genuinely believe that the three of us, for whatever reason, are here on the, the town side. Like, you know, they, the town as a whole trusts us. Like, sure, if you ask the town, who do you trust least, they might point at Harold too. But overall, they think, no, you know, no matter what he's trying to do, he's trying to do it to be helpful. And, and, you know, the same with the other two. So I don't know, I guess it's, it's just trust count.
2: Does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. That you're trustworthy and that, and you have their best interests at heart. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Or even loyalty oh yeah 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 just that you know
1: everything we do is for them we're on the town side yeah And i'm even gonna go like there are there are a couple things that you can be afraid of in this time period and we have all three of them like you can be afraid of the lead in someone's gun the silver in their tongue or the steel in their biceps and our group has all three of those things yeah
2: nice that was like poetic man Okay. <laughs> All right, very nice. And uh last group card.
3: There is another group outside that are our rivals. Who are they? I think we just have a rival town. Okay. Um I think we have a rival town upriver that Riverdale... Oh not
1: upriver. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What are they doing to us upriver? Yeah. <laughs> I think we
3: have a rival town upriver that like, you know, when when garbage does float in on the water, it's their fault Um, that they just kind of mm-hmm. they've got a slight advantage on us that they are a little bit closer to the next major like city to the next big hub of civilization. And they've got that little bit of environmental advantage on us, but they're just kind of hollow they don't have the they don't have the heart that we have they oh, don't have the gumption that we have this they still is get
1: eagleton the, they still get the circus too eagleton yeah we're pawnee and they're eagleton oh. Oh, no. All
2: right. if i was running this campaign i wouldn't say this to you but having them be up river is fantastic <laughs> uh <laughs> um, and i'm sorry did you say we named our town did you come up with a name
3: uh they are called mystic crossing
2: very nice all right um So I have one final group card. Then we will have to name our town. So think about it. And uh, so this last card says, our group is owed a large debt. What are we owed and by whom? So this is our group. This is not the town. It's the three of you.
1: I was thinking that it's the mayor, that they had done something Obviously, this mayor has a history that they've kind of finagled the truth to get what they want and that they did it to the wrong people and we took care of it like we got them off his back, but it was some very dangerous like landowner or I'm not sure what, but I feel like it's the mayor would be the only person I could think of that. This is nothing, this is nothing no, right
3: now. I, I get where you're coming from. I think that implies kind of a um, subterfuge to us that Uh, i wouldn't put on our group like that we protected the mayor from something in his dark past Uh, like we would or at least i think some of us would have told folk about that i think it can still be the mayor and it's just that he he didn't have a good handle on this town before the three of us like started taking care of it and the debt he owes us is just literally the fact that He's still in charge and has a town that isn't a shithole.
1: hole. He doesn't do anything anymore.
3: Yeah, like uh, he can't. Like he's in he's incompetent. <laughs> you know, how he ended up being mayor is a mystery and he is only still the mayor because we're good-natured enough to like let him be. Yeah. So Maybe
2: building on that a little bit, like you Three happened to roll into town, you fixed a lot of problems, then there just happened to be an election. So he just happened to get credit for all the work you had done. So he got reelected basically on the work you had done.
3: Yeah, nice. and and we know it, and he knows it. Yes, and so he just kind of owes us. Like we all know that he owes us. Nice. it has been
1: stockpiling because our arrivals were all kind of staggered. That like every election cycle, one of us happens <laughs> to just be new in town and doing some stuff that helps. <laughs> and then we all put it. To, we're like, wait a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice, very good. The last thing we have to do is we have to name our town. So now that we know more about it, we know that there's uh, the river that goes by. We know that there's no circus there. We know that there's iron in them there hills, but, and we've got our mining company. We don't have a train yet, but it might be coming if Harold gets his way. And we have some bandits who, uh, the Golden Boys, who have some interest here. And we have a great horseshoe playing tournament great enthusiasm for playing horseshoes
3: uh i mean i want to say it's something to do with the river yeah but i'm i'm trying to think of like you know springs is always like a town name what is an equivalent of that for a river can it just be as simple as riverton absolutely how do you how do you two feel about that
4: um riverton was literally my school's rival growing up uh, and so I'm about it nice. <laughs> I, was, I
3: was like which direction is this about to go yeah.
2: we've created Riverton we have Harold Mule and Catherine who kind of run the show and we have a lot of backstory and we have a map that we can use to run this campaign
1: and now we're not going to get to play the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I'm going to have to lay down for a minute I'll be back
4: this is like <laughs> this is like listening to a song and then it cuts off in the last three notes and you're just like
2: uh I can't uh, how do uh, no. uh. Yes. Yeah. Now you can play Decima as a standalone game and what we can do now and what I generally do for that, can I be slightly vulgar or are you? am I allowed to be vulgar on this? Absolutely. My friends have been playtesting this a lot. We've been playtesting it uh, for over a year now. So this is what we call campaign blue bowls. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> so generally what we do to kind of wrap it up a little bit, we go around and each of you can kind of share a scene or a small epilogue about your character to kind of like end cap it since we aren't actually going to be using this fantastic town of riverton for a campaign but the idea is decima sets up your things for your campaign so you're relieved of that particular problem when you play the campaign but anyone like to go first
3: i am imagining a scene where uh the the golden boys have come back uh but it's personal and they have actually infiltrated the mine and taken some of the workers hostage to bait us in uh and so we have to go in and clear the mines and save save some of our townsfolk who work down there and get rid of the golden boys, flush them out.
1: Nice. Very good. And Mule, what's your epilogue? A single rose growing in the old circus graveyard
2: <laughs> where Mule was buried after
1: he lost his life. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> no,
4: yeah, I, I think it is his death. I think it's almost a similar thing. I think, uh, I think while Catherine is dealing with them at the mine, there's another group that's coming down the hill towards the town. And um, I think this whole time, Mule has been talking about his project. Oh, got to work on my project. Like he's skipping out on events and fun times and drinks with people because he's working on his project. Mm -hmm. And he finally goes over in his shop and he opens this crate, and it's uh, a full-stand Gatlin gun that he's been
2: building. Nice.
4: And so it just sort of fades out with him walking with that over his shoulder, walking down the road towards the group that's coming down the hill towards him.
1: It's the thugs that the mining company has sent, like oh. not realizing that their people are in danger. They're trying to come to intimidate yes. us.
2: Yes. hmm Amazing. Very nice.
1: I think that Harold has- throughout the course of the trials of the things they go through gotten rid of that little devil on his shoulder that wants him to get back into that kind of shyster lifestyle and that kind of the last thing we see in the story from his point of view is him standing next to his building and he's hammering a nail and he steps away and we see that he has posted a sign that he is running for mayor
2: Ah, nice Aww. all right well that is decuma
1: well thank you so much Kimmy, for running us through that we're actually going to take just a little break here and we're going to come back and do it all again just to show you how drastically different of a campaign setting we can come up with just changing a couple of the elements and drawing some new cards
3: we accidentally make A different Western town.
1: (laughs) Oh, dang it. Somehow it's exactly the same. (laughs) Welcome back. We are here with our second world build for Dekuma. We are joined again by Kimmy Hughes. Really, I think we can just get right down to it.
2: Absolutely. Um, All right. So last time we built Riverton, this fantastic Wild West town, Um, we decided on a serious tone. We didn't stick to that the whole time we were creating things but i feel like we could definitely play a serious campaign with what we came up with which is fantastic um so what do we want to do this time
1: i want to do like kind of a galaxy quest world maybe not space explorers but like something futuristic space like galaxy quest meets starship troopers or something
4: oh yeah yeah okay nice
1: um does anyone have like any more specific direction on that
3: no,
4: I- uh, if if uh, this world were a game, I would call it. Um Space
2: Battle Wars five thousand thirty-two. And you say you're not good at naming things.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like spacefaring science fiction is like one of my major blind spots. So I'm going to lean entirely on the most popular tropes because it's it's all I know. Fair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so each of you have your hands in front of you and jumping right into this. So we're going to be doing our setting will be sci-fi space. And we want it to be a ship. Do we want it to be a colony somewhere? What would you like it to be?
3: I think alien planet. Mm-hmm. Are we all aliens, or is it like a um, like a hub, like an outpost on oh, an alien planet?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. It's so an alien planet outpost. Um, and what kind of tone are we looking for?
1: Probably goofy. Yeah, that is fine. Like I'm, I'm thinking even of like the scenes in men in black where all the aliens have to go through this to leave. Like that. We are kind of the travel embassy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That we're like the TSA for this alien hub.
3: (laughs) This could be a sitcom on NBC. And I
1: believe it.
2: All right. Nice. Uh, all right, so we have our location, we have our setting, we have our tone. Um, the next thing we need is our names and what what your characters are. Again, just like last time, you don't have to have a full character sheet. You don't have to have stats, just something as basic as a name. For this, it's probably important to say what can, what race you are. Just kind of a little bit of backstory and occupation. Just the basics, we can play with that.
3: My name is Bingleborp. I am uh, of the Tarmac race. <laughs> um which i i have since learned in my adulthood is a material that they use to use on earth um, as a building material but that's just been the name of my race for as long as we've been around i am the shift supervisor at the outpost so i hold a moderate amount of authority over over the other employees here but uh it was it was nepotism that got me into this job my dad dingleforp was uh, was the actual manager? Manager, and he he promoted me to shift manager before he retired.
4: I dig it. What was it? B- Bingle
3: Borp. Bingle Borp. Yes, got it. And then your dad was Dingle Borp. Uh, Dingle
1: Thorp. So Borp is not a family name.
3: There isn't a two name structure, so there is just a a reminiscence, a similar sound, kind of establishes your family.
1: Oh, interesting name. Like you're connected by like the name game rhyme scheme. Yes, like any
3: anybody whose name is like something ing something or something is probably related to me okay
4: nice uh i think i will be playing uh zal snart and he is of the race And uh, he is a uh, security guard here. He kind of looks like, uh, you know, when you, you put on those uh, those big sumo suits and you blow them all the way up so that you're just kind of like a circle with hands and feet. He's kind of that, uh, but blue, of course. And um, yeah, he's he's uh, the best damn security guard out there.
3: Can you spell that for me? snart? Yeah.
4: Uh, Z-A-U-L Okay. space S-N apostrophe A-R-T.
2: I'm more interested in how you spell the race um
4: there uh, it, it actually is not made up of letters oh yet. okay
2: <laughs> how, a good
3: how nice. do you represent it on official paperwork? <laughs> uh
4: you well it's the future you just put a a, a sound bite on it
1: you got me there guy <laughs> yeah
2: that's well done all right
1: and I am Rylo32, and I am a safety scan bot. My different limbs are different types of detectors, whether they are x-ray or metal. My job is to walk through and scan people at random.
2: Very nice.
4: I was hoping for a robot in here somewhere. I'm very happy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Uh, Last time, we had to come up with a lot of stuff before we came up with our name for our location. Um, Do we have... A name for our alien planet outpost slash
1: TSA. It's got to be something like Connection Hub 13 or something like that. Yeah, just something like (laughs) numeric. Because now in my head, it's an NBC sitcom. And so it's got to be like...
3: (laughs) The show is just called The Hub, but...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, We are... Yeah, I like
3: Hub 13, honestly.
2: Okay. Connection Hub 13. Very nice. See, we're all warmed up now at the last session. We're just like coming up with stuff. It's fantastic. All right. Well, let's jump in. Um, just like last time, we'll be flipping over red cards, which are the character connection cards. We'll be flipping over blue cards, which are our location building cards. And we will be flipping over purple cards, which are our group dynamics cards. So let's go ahead and start with red cards. And we'll have Bingle Borp go first.
3: You and Blank are working together on something important. What is it? Uh, 32 and I are working on a, um, kind of like a minority report style pre-cog threat assessment system. <laughs> uh, we, we are trying to come up with a way that we can, we can shut down threats before they even occur. And yeah,
2: That's going very well, right?
3: It's in the concept phase for sure. So yeah. just, just need some, uh, just need a benefactor here.
2: All right, let's go with Zalsnart. Tinkleborp, what are you doing? <laughs>
4: I was too busy trying to figure out the name I don't remember a thing.
3: I I am a shift supervisor uh, of like the security, you know, the the clearing people for Ingress and Egress. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. So mostly I don't do like the actual scans like Rilo 32 and them they do the scans and I just kind of, if there's a problem and, and it needs to go up a level. It comes uh, okay. to me. You make the schedule. I definitely make the schedule. I really I, I lean more into like the the bureaucracy of it than like the you know the, the the threat assessment thing is really kind of a step out of my comfort zone. Um but I wanted to get to know Rylo better, so I thought this would be something that mm. we'd we'd enjoy working on.
4: Okay, well, I think in that case, uh mine that I flipped was you want your relationship with blank to change, but aren't sure how to approach them. Um, and so I think that's with you, Bingle Borp, because it's clear that you have plans. It's clear that you have something you're working on and I feel like I can contribute to it. So I want to get on the level that you, you can trust me with whatever it is that you're working on too. I'm just security guard grunt on the ground with my, you know, my laser headband, you know, that's all, that's, uh, that's it. That's all I am. Um, and I just need <laughs> just to prove. trying to
3: sneak that by, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
4: So yeah, it's I, th- fine. I think that's it. Okay.
2: All right. Rilo 32.
1: Blank's connection helped you get something important. Who got it and what was it? I think it has to be Bingle Borb. And I think that he got me an upgrade in my leg. Uh, it used to be like foam that could spray out to to like try to trap somebody if there was a problem. Uh, and I got him to push through an upgrade so that it's like a big taser that comes out. Because the foam doesn't seem to capture everybody, like someone was floating and the foam sprayed and they just floated over it. Mm. But everything seems to react properly to electric currents going through their body.
4: Okay. Oh, man, the scan bots don't even get laser headbands? No. Oh, okay.
2: Mm. That's a shame. All right, so that was the end of our first round, so I'm flipping over a group card now, and it says, We were involved in a mystery that was never solved. What happened and why wasn't it solved?
1: some rare animal was being transported and it went missing and so they never figured out like who stole it like we were supposed to be looking after it for like this dignitary it was like his pet and just
3: somewhere in like the customs process it just it just vanished
1: yes and now it probably just lives in the building and we don't know it <laughs> But like at the end of each episode, you see that's the closing credits scene is that it's always doing something jump jumpstarts what happens next week.
3: Wow, so hurting. did we find we found the empty cage Ooh. like like we know that it got out and not that like someone took it or are we under the impression that like someone made off with it and it just lives here and we have no idea.
1: I think we just found an empty cage and then found something else and tried to make it look like it and put it in the cage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nice. Uh, Is this animal dangerous or is it just... Accidentally, I think.
4: Yeah. Okay. Like it has the capacity to cause accidental hilarious chaos, but isn't
3: overtly dangerous. It's dangerous, but not malicious. Yeah. Got
2: it. Okay. Um, All right. So the next round is our location round. So this will build up places in our station or outposts. It will build up uh, NPCs that are there and a little bit of the cultural aspects of this. So if you want to start on the map by just drawing the outline of our outpost, I'm assuming it's a little bit bigger than a regular building. Like, I don't know. What, what size are you picturing this outpost as? I
3: feel like it's like airport size. Yeah. But it's an octagon. Yes. Yeah, so draw an octagon desk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> look at look he just gave you. <laughs> uh, Rilo. while he's doing that, why don't we have you flip over your first location card?
1: Our location has a tragic past. What tragedy occurred here? Oh, boy. I, I You know what? I think I'm going to X this one. It doesn't feel like it fits in with the world we're building. Sure,
2: absolutely. Uh, this one says... Our location was generous with someone and earned their goodwill. What happened?
1: I think that there was a sports team coming through, like whatever the futuristic sport is that travels all over. And their manager had forgotten some of the passports for some of the key players. And we found ways to like help kind of not break Ah. the rules, but just get them through all the checks and customs. By bending things as well as we could. Because I am a huge fan of that game. Yeah.
3: And and the name of it is
1: Space Battle Wars. And like 50 we 50. all thought that you weren't gonna be down with this, and then like you opened up your button-down shirt and you had one of their like jerseys. I am literally always wearing one of the jerseys <laughs> as an undershirt. Yes, yes.
2: Awesome. All right, let's make sure we add uh, the customs area to the map. We should add Bingle Warp's office as well. I feel like we should also add Zoll Snart's uh, security office, too.
3: I get a very small, very out-of-the-way office with a meandering path to reach it.
2: <laughs> Fantastic.
4: And Zol's office is in the furthest possible corner from any of the action. Yeah. Well, I
2: feel like Zoll as a security guard, probably wouldn't have his own office, but I feel like there's a security... Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect.
1: I like that the security office is in a location where... For the security people working customs, it's literally opposite side of the building. So yep. that there's a lot of thoroughfare through the middle section all the time.
2: Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So I'll start. You have the second location card.
4: Someone in our location has solicited you to do something you don't want to do. Who are they and what is it? Um, I think that the head of maintenance... Freak sucks wants me to sabotage all of the uh, robots in the building that work for it so that they output less power because uh, he's trying to save money on all of the recharging and uh, general power output in the building. So he's willing to sacrifice uh, a little bit of safety for... Yeah, for the for the fundage, we get back on that.
2: I'm sorry, did you say Freak Sucks uh, occupation or position in the, the outpost?
4: Yeah, I think he's um, I think he's the head of maintenance. Like he's trying to cut corners and all the extra work they have to do.
2: All right. We add the maintenance office to our map.
3: It's bigger than the security office.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they have more things to store. Also, Freak sex is just better at politics than you are. Yeah, yeah. Alright, Bingo Borp, will you please flip over a location card?
3: Many people in our location just won't face reality. What hard truth are they avoiding that this is a dead end job? Um too many of the people who work here take themselves really seriously and like they're all Judge Dredd, I am the law about it. Yes, we make more than minimum wage, but um we are we are really just kind of babysitters
1: here. Uh, so like Bingo Borp has gotten into that like kind of cliche, tenured professor mindset of just Roll people through.
3: Yeah, I, I think that Bingleborp is, is disillusioned with the process, specifically because this job was just handed to him. Uh, none of this matters. All right,
2: we're at the end of that round, so I'm gonna ask another group question. Our group was given information that we ignored. What did we learn and what happened? That's a good one. I feel like there's so many possibilities in like a customs outpost too.
3: Yeah, I feel like <laughs> we were we were told by two different people of two different things that they thought were gonna like Like, all right, someone told us that these people were smuggling Nalman's, which is a very, a very powerful drug (laughs) um, through and that it was going to happen like this time. And then someone else told us that this person was uh, smuggling a herd of Walpikins through, which are just kind of like a little harmless animal. And so we tried to go for the drugs and ignored the the walpicans uh and then it turned out that they're like a devastatingly invasive species and uh the other guy wasn't even wasn't even smuggling the the hard drugs he just had like uh, a bunch of futuristic ambien or something (laughs) and so We went we went hard on the wrong person and uh, and we missed the one that mattered.
2: So I'm assuming that then this invasive species got to this other planet or this planet or where were they going?
1: That They're like just all over the outside of our building.
3: (laughs) (laughs) They didn't they didn't even make it off world. Yeah, they're so
1: invasive that they were like, we live here now. (laughs) It's like that's what you see out most windows.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm picturing like you've got like maybe like a dome window somewhere and they're just like stuck on the dome all over. I don't know what (laughs) it is. (laughs) That's fantastic. Walplicans. All right. Very nice. All right. That was round two. So we're moving on. We're doing a character connection round. So, Azulstner, why don't you go first this time?
4: Uh, When you need advice, you always go to blank. I think I go to Rilo for advice because Rilo has seen some crazy stuff. With all of the scanning and checking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I really appreciate that point of view. That's kind of like what I do, but for a different purpose and a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Rilo's my robot for that.
2: Nice. Very good. Rilo, why don't we follow that up? Why don't you do your next card?
1: You have feelings for blank, but haven't told them. Why not?
2: Now, feelings don't necessarily have to be romantic. It can be angry feelings. It can be jealousy. It can be anything like that.
1: And these should specifically be one of the other player characters. Yes. Okay. So my impulse was the soda machine (laughs) because I love this role-playing opportunity of like going over and talking to this inanimate other machine and being able to like let out these kind of deeper moments. Anyway,
2: the fact that the card is directed at another uh, at another person at the table doesn't mean you can't have romantic feelings toward the soda machine.
1: That's true. That's true. (laughs) Um, I think that I have feelings towards Zal and their envy because kind of going off what he had said about coming to me to, to talk about things that he gets to experience them in a way that is exciting and not just processing Material And so I'm envious of that experience of being surprised or startled or, you know, any of the other dozens of emotions that he has talked to me about when he has encountered things.
2: Nice. I like that. I dig that. Um, Bingle bore.
1: You find yourself
3: strangely drawn to blank. What captures your attention? Uh, I, I am drawn to Rilo. Um, Rilo has has such a sense of purpose and like a drive. And I mean, it's a literal function um, that, you know, when I feel like, oh, this is pointless and I I just got plopped into this job that seeing that makes me wish that I could like feel the same way that I could care about a responsibility like that.
2: So I'm going to do a group card. Oh, our group saved something important. What was it and how did we save it?
4: Man, I don't know what it is, but I'm not sure that we know we did it.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was kind of a, a side effect?
4: Yes, like we were on the trail for some dumb crap and like somehow accidentally gave the spy the opening he needed to get through or pick up the very important item that is needed for the war or I don't, oh, I don't know exactly, but we did it on accident for sure
3: in our general flurry like i accidentally bumped into a guy with the cart that i'm using to get somebody from their gate to their flight that's about to leave and it turns out that the person i bumped into was like a really bad guy and he dropped his radio transmitter and then and then rilo's uh electric leg stepped too close to it and fried it
2: (laughs) (laughs) awesome very good so that was the end of that character connection round so I believe we're back on our location cards.
3: There is a wise person in our location from whom people seek advice. Who are they? Uh, one of the line cooks in the food court. He's a much older guy. He's well-traveled. He's seen a lot of life. And so he always seems to have the poignant advice that, that you need at any given moment.
1: Nice. You only have like enough time to get it as he spoons something into your tray.
3: Yeah, you can't, you can't sit down with him because once his shift's over, he's out. Out of here, yeah.
1: and you can't hold up the line. Mm-hmm. Like, you or I'll yell out. at you. Yeah.
2: And uh, what is that person's name? Greg. Greg.
1: <laughs> cool.
2: <laughs> All right, Greg. <laughs> All right, next.
1: What is a positive turn of phrase that is used in our location?
2: So, like, modern examples of this is like "cool." That's the cat's meow. That's not modern, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> So from the other 20s.
1: I think it is, though. I think it's that kind of slang has come back around. Okay. Like you being the cat's pajamas or the bee's knees that like really, really old slang has come back into popularity. But it's specifically amongst the like AI races. Okay. So you hear all the the droids and the robots saying this kind of stuff that's outdated.
2: (laughs) Nice. And does it use like Earth things or is it like... Um, you are the Wolpkins pajamas.
1: I think it is still the original phrases because they were like picked up from an old, you know, stray episode of of some TV show beamed out into space. Perfect. And they were just picked up.
4: Like Happy Days is just the most popular show. right? Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Our location has a large recognizable feature What is it? I think it's a couple of large features. I think that we're nestled in between like six active volcanoes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I think it used to be like an old military base and then it got uh, retrofitted into this airport. And so we have to time all of the uh, transports to be coming in over the non-active volcano that day.
1: Oh, so it's like, it is not danger for it if it's cover for ships as they come exactly, in. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Fantastic. All right. Let's make sure that we're adding things to our map. Um, so we need to have uh, the the galley or the cafeteria where the line cook is. We should draw something on the outside of our outpost to represent the where the volcanoes are. Got em. And then maybe there's something uh, like a sign or some graffiti somewhere that a droid has put on the wall that represents uh, the cat's pajamas.
1: They've tagged the maintenance hallway.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> it's like like the word has gotten out about them wanting to not fully charge our power, so it's like squares this way or something. <laughs> Um, all right. That is all except the purple cards, right? Yeah, I believe so.
2: Well, then we are on to the final round of Decima. This is the group dynamics questions. So you each have a purple card in front of you. So why don't we start off with, uh, bingo borb.
3: Each person in the group should pick one word to describe a negative aspect of their personality. Unmotivated. Robotic. Is that
1: inherently negative? Because it's like emotionally. Okay
4: angry right very good uh together our group reached an important milestone what was it and how did we reach it
1: i think it's some kind of like we've cycled like a million passengers through yeah that's what i was gonna say (laughs) Uh, like the sign has like one billion served kind of like McDonald's sign but it's for this spaceport
4: very similar to what i had in mind which might even be part of it is like these are all rated like, you know, you can have a like a five, up to a five star rating for these hubs. And I think mm-hmm. we finally made it up to two stars.
2: <laughs> okay, very good. I feel like both those things can be true. Maybe that's part of the, the star rating is how many customers you've served. Yeah, exactly. Because nice. I love both those answers and I don't really want to go with one over the other. Fantastic. <laughs> all right
1: our group defies a set establishment what establishment and why are we against them i don't know if this is kind of twisting just a little bit my but my thought is that there's a a clear line between the the humanoids and the ai in the sense of like fraternization outside of work and that this group of friends is outside of the norm oh okay oh i i took that to mean like a
3: literal like uh, there's like a national security branch and we don't help them
1: uh, i was thinking more like robot workers union 392 and they have like <laughs> a rule that i'm not supposed to <laughs> i like that
3: yeah 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 That's no, good uh
2: so that actually leads perfectly into my question which is our last card of this game something important happened that gave our group shared purpose what was it
1: in the sense of this like All being the build-up, the backstory for the world before we start the game, I think that something has happened where this port has been reconscripted and now we work for some group, like how it used to be a military base, like some group has taken it over and left the people still there in charge of it, but now there's a purpose behind getting people out and in in an expedited manner.
4: Okay, okay. Yeah. I like that.
1: It could be that some of the calls they make
3: are just positively baffling to us. Like 90% of what they tell us to do makes sense. And then 10% of it, we're just like, why that? Of all things, why that command? But we have to now because they're in charge.
1: Or even like that some of the language doesn't translate. Like something is broken and when we get the orders, part of it is garbled or something. (laughs) So we're having to mad lib some of the, the orders.
2: Nice. Yeah. Very good.
1: I feel like a move in this game is that like at the beginning of a session, someone has a role and on a full success they, we get the full message from our employers and on a mixed success like words are missing and <laughs> on a fail it's just all gibberish but we still have to do something
2: <laughs> that's fantastic yeah oh man all right well that's all the cards so uh, as you can see like as you play deckcom as you get familiar with it it can go faster and faster um, groups that play it together a lot end up, Coming up with some incredible stuff. Um, But yeah, that is Decima for our Alien Planet Outpost of Connection Hub 13. Well done.
1: I love this. Like, I want to play both of these one shots. So often we here at this table get together and we're like, you know, we should sit down and play a game. But we've only got just a little bit of time. We want to test one of these games something like this would be so beneficial to being able to do that expeditedly and not trying to like, oh, well, what kind of world do we want to be in? I don't know. What do you feel like? You could literally just throw a bunch of environments in a hat and draw one out and start using the deck.
2: So it was really inspired because I was finding myself, I GM a whole lot. Um, I GM at conventions and things like that. And I was finding that same need that you're kind of describing that I was trying to run these stories for people who sometimes didn't even know each other. Um, And so I was pulling things from a lot of just... different systems. So like PBTA, the character connections from different hacks of that. I would show up. Oh, okay. I'm running um, a sci-fi game. So I'm going to pull the questions from this Star Wars hack of PBTA and um, kind of ad hoc throwing. I'm going to steal some of this stuff from microscope. So I was pulling things from all these different locations and a lot of my GM friends were doing the same. And I finally was just like, why? Don't we create a tool that kind of does all these things in a system agnostic way?
1: Yeah. I mean, just in the little bit of time that we have sat down with it here, it seems like it will be a lot of fun to use. So thank you for walking us through this. Um, Where can our listeners, first of all, where can they find you and follow you?
2: Well, um, you can find me at Golden Lasso Girl on social media everywhere. My games that I create are at goldenlassogames.com. And I am on my podcast, the Happy Jacks RPG Network podcasts. Um, we do three or four APs a week. Plus we have a Friday advice show where people write in from all over the world asking tabletop questions, usually about GMing. Um, and you can find that at happyjacks.org.
1: And where can they follow the progress of Dekuma?
2: They can find the Kickstarter page. If you go to goldenlassogames.com slash Kickstarter, it redirects to the Kickstarter page because Kickstarter URLs are crazy pants. So it's a lot easier to remember. Um, and yeah, the all the information about the project is there. The team, the artist I'm working with, we have pictures of the deck art that's being created for the custom deck. Um, and it's just very exciting. So you can follow it there. So I was thinking the three of you have enjoyed playing Decuma so much. I think that some of your listeners might be interested too. So I'd actually love to offer a free copy of the actual deck of Decuma for our listeners when it becomes available. Are you interested in that? Yes, Ooh. yes,
1: absolutely. These cards are beautiful. Uh, so we will put out some information on how you can enter to win your own copy of the Decuma deck. Decuma, the R&D for your RPG, can be found on Kickstarter until Monday, March 2nd. To learn more, head over to goldenlassogames.com slash kickstarter. And for a chance to win your own Decuma deck, head over to thecritshowpodcast.com slash Dekuma.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
4: Cam Kander? Yeah, that was a strange thing.
2: A prolific creator who disappeared suddenly in 2020.
0: Eccentric, weird, inscrutable. Cam Kander was like a 21st century Howard Hughes.
4: Nothing is known. Cam Kander, man, woman, non binary person, no idea. Cam Kander, an enigma, a cipher. A mystery. Was Kander a genius or insane? Is there a difference? And one day, Cam Kander vanished into thin air.
2: Off the map, off the radar, like Amelia Earhart.
4: From me, BK Will, in conjunction with Trojan Cat Media, a division of Corp.
2: Leave me alone. I don't have anything to say about Cam
0: Kander. Comes a shocking six-part documentary series. Cam Cando is a Rorschach test. It's a MacGuffin stuffed inside a red herring, shoved down a rabbit hole that leads to a blind alley. Cam Candor is out there, waiting to make their glorious return. Like a cult leader? No, like a messiah.
4: Discover who is Cam Candor, a new investigative podcast coming
2: Wednesday, September 1st, wherever you listen to podcasts.